You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. ...out here, 1 Peter, and we are going to be in a series through this passage of Scripture... And so we're going to be here uh, this morning and then tonight and then uh, next Sunday morning, next Sunday night, the next Sunday morning, the next Sunday night. So I've got six different messages tied out of this passage and looking forward to that. Uh, You know, God's Word has so much in it. Uh, that uh, we, we can't just read over it and get everything that's there. And so, anyway, I think that it'll be a help and a blessing. When I was in school, English, well, school was not my subject. Uh, but when I was in school, English was definitely uh, not one of my strong suits. Uh, matter of fact, when I got to college and I had not even taken college entrance exams, they admitted me in and then later I had to go back and take these classes and I tested into what's called bonehead English. Now, Bonehead English is the class that basically brings you up to speed for everything that you were supposed to learn when you were in school uh, before, uh, before college. Well, I definitely did not know my English, and uh, my English was, uh, all of my English uh, learning had been tied up in, in Schoolhouse Rock. How many of you remember Schoolhouse Rock? All right, uh, so uh, conjunction, junction, what's your function? You know, and that was about the extent uh, of my knowledge when it came to English. And I could, uh, I could go through the noun, and, and I remember uh, Bill, my, my whole uh, education on uh, the, uh, the government uh, was all tied up in Mr. Bill. Do you remember Mr. Bill? Uh, but anyway, uh, my, my uh, English definitely was not a strong suit. And, and with that, I went into college, and as I was in college, the teacher very quickly, she was focused on making sure we could analyze sentences and we could diagram sentences. Now, when you put a diagram for a sentence in front of me, just there's something that happens. My mind just sort of freezes. It's like, uh, I don't know. And there was just that default, and there was, there was no way, well, what goes where, and how do you know which one is which, and, and so uh, she would go through, and she would give us questions, and those questions would help us figure out what parts of speech the, uh, what we were looking for was, and so it would just help. Now, uh, and so I ended up creating uh, some flashcards, and I would put the part of speech, I would put the questions that that part of speech would ask, and, and that's how I would study uh, and to where I could pass that class, and you'd be very impressed with me. I actually learned what the 12 parts of speech were, and, and, and so eight parts of speech. Uh, there we go. And so some others should be in a, been in that class with me. Uh, but anyway, those eight parts of speech, I finally learned that. And I actually passed the class with good grades. It was uh, quite an accomplishment there. Uh, but uh, when, we, when, we, when I figured out that if I asked the right questions, I could come up with the right answers, I realized that in life, it's the exact same way. There are questions that are asked, and when we ask the right questions, we can figure out what the right answer is. 
sometimes we ask questions that have a premise to them that already have the wrong leaning towards the answer. It's almost, it's almost that it's presenting a wrong uh, philosophy in the question. And so I think with that, when we get into stewardship, people have a lot of inhibitions about stewardship. And it's not because stewardship is bad, because it is not. Stewardship is biblical. But the reality is that there are many views that we have coming into it, and because of our, our views, our questions, then, and those unanswered questions, they give us a very unstable foundation. And so uh, when you have a question uh, that is a, uh, when you have a sentence that is in a question form, it is called an interrogative sentence. Now, interrogative sentences almost always start with the WH words. Uh, these WH words, who, what, when, where, uh, why, and then they throw another one in that does not start with uh, WH, which is how, all right, how. And so, uh, but here we have that, uh, that, uh, uh, those statements, and uh, they're included there. But uh, with, with that, as we start looking at some of these, I think... We have questions about stewardship in that same, same manner. So this morning, we're going to look at the who of stewardship. The who of stewardship. So the series is going to be the interrogatives of stewardship. Uh, but this morning, uh, we're going to look at uh, the who of stewardship. Father, I pray that you'd help us this morning. Give us uh, wisdom as we study your word. I pray that you would teach us, guide us, and Lord, help us to have a true understanding about this area of stewardship. So bless now, please, for Christ's sake. Amen. So the interrogatives, the questions of stewardship. So the first question is going to be who, and in the next few weeks we're going to look uh, at those uh, look at those questions about stewardship. And the first interrogative that we're going to look at is who. So who is a steward, and who is stewardship directed at, and who should be a good steward. Years ago, we were in stewardship month, and I had a family that was attending, and uh, I was talking about stewardship, and I was talking about uh, the, we were talking about budgets, and we, I think we had mentioned uh, the church budget and uh, the different things that were going on at that time, and I, and I said, you might be wondering who is going to fund these things. And I, and I told the people, I said, you're going to be the one that funds these things. And, and with that, uh, this individual got very offended that I would even say that there was a responsibility for God's people to give uh, towards God's work. And so we lost the family over just that little statement. It was, it was not an attack by any means. It wasn't in your face. I didn't call anybody out by name, Brother Andy. Uh, but uh, no, uh, anyway, I didn't call anybody out by name. Uh, but there was this, uh, this attitude all of a sudden that when, when they heard that, they, they were like, oh, there's expectation on me, and I'm out of here. And they, they did. They quit uh, coming to church, and, uh, and that's definitely a sad uh, thing. So, 
So this morning we're going to look at the who of stewardship. Tonight we'll look at the what of stewardship. Uh, but this morning uh, we're going to look at the who. Uh, if we have no who, the what is irrelevant. You know, and the reality is, it's not just what is stewardship, and the reality isn't just what am I expected to do in my stewardship. At some point, the very foundation of stewardship is recognizing, am I a steward? Not am I expected to be a steward, am I a steward? And so here, we're going to look at that this morning, the who of stewardship. When you go to the doctor for your annual checkup, what will happen is the doctor will go through and, and they'll do some, uh, some preliminary tests and check your blood pressure and the nurse will check your temperature and your oxygen level and, and they'll go through some, some uh, intermediate things, they'll ask you questions, but then the, the doctor will come in and he'll start poking and prodding, and, and as long as the doctor has got some uh, common sense on uh, and sensitivity on how hard to push uh, where, uh, usually there's no pain. But when all of a sudden you say, oh, something's hurting, it causes the doctor to say, okay, now we've got to back up because it shouldn't hurt when we push there. You know what? Uh, as, as pastors and, and, and preachers, teachers start talking about stewardship and they put their finger on something, the reality is it shouldn't hurt there. If it hurts there, then it's revealing that something is wrong. And it's not wrong with the person that is pointing it out. It's not the doctor's fault. Uh, he is just pointing out an area where something is not right in yourself. Uh, you've heard about the man who uh, went to the doctor, and, and as he was at the doctor, uh, he said, Doc, I don't know what's going on. He said, when I push right here, it hurts something terrible. He says, if I push on my leg, he said, it hurts terrible. And I put, when when I touch my head, it just is unbelievable amount of pain. And the doctor's trying to figure out what is going on. And, and finally, he says, you know what? We just need to do a full body scan. They do a full body scan and the doctor comes back and he says, sir, we figured out what your problem was. You have a broken finger. You know, in life, you know, we, we have to realize that there are areas that might hurt more than others and things that might be more sensitive than others. But when it comes to stewardship, it, shouldn't, it should not be an area that is sensitive to the believer. It should be an area where we recognize that God has been so good to me. I want to do something for him. Uh, I want to, uh, to do what I can to please him. So when we look at the who or stewardship, of course, our text is in 1 Peter. So what we're going to do is we're going to go back and we're going to look at who 1 Peter was written to uh, because you want to make sure that it applies to you. So let's go back to 1 Peter chapter number 1. 1 Peter chapter 1, and we'll see who 1 Peter was written to. Let's look, uh, we'll read these first five verses together. First Peter chapter number one and verse number one. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia, uh, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace unto you and uh, peace be 
multiplied. Blessed be God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to his abundant mercy, hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last day. Now, all of a sudden, when we look at this passage of Scripture, very quickly, we, we can recognize that this passage of Scripture was written to the believer. Uh, this passage was written uh, to those who are kept by the power of God, uh, and here they, uh, God through faith unto salvation, as we see in verse number five. So first we see that it was written to the saved. It was not written to the lost. So so here this book was written to the saved. It was written to the sanctified. Uh, now the word sanctified is talking about holiness. It's talking about those uh, who the Spirit of God has worked in their lives and brought them to a place that they are set apart for God's use. It is, it is a sanctifying, it is a holiness. Uh, the word literally means set apart. In verse number two, it says, elect according to the foreknowledge of God through sanctification of the Spirit. You know, sanctification is not a work that you and I do in our lives. Sanctification is a work that the Holy Spirit of God does in our lives. I remember when I got saved, and, and when I got saved, it was, it was not only was my eternal destiny change, had changed, uh, my whole life changed. The Spirit of God now indwelled me as a believer. And with the Spirit of God moving in, what I found was he wanted a clean house. Mrs. Brown, she like she is one that has a clean house. She she makes sure everything is clean. And then I come home, and I my job in life is to give her something to do. Amen. Uh, but uh, and I keep her very busy. But no, uh, she she definitely she keeps a very clean house. You know what? The Holy Spirit keeps a clean house. And when I got saved, He moved in, and the things that were not right. He started putting his finger on. You know, you couldn't get me to go back to wearing long hair. You couldn't get me to go back to listening to the devil's music. You couldn't get me to go back to going uh, into places that, that were ungodly, places that the Lord would not be uh, welcome at, uh, the uh, places where people would drink and people would party and uh, immorality would go on. You couldn't get me to go into any of those places. Why? Because, because I, I feel like people would be judging me? No, because the Spirit of God moved in. And when the Spirit of God moved in, he started saying, hey, you can't go there anymore. I used to go to the dances at school, and, uh, and all of a sudden I got saved, and as soon as the next dance came up, the Holy Spirit said, you can't go that, to that. The pastor hadn't preached on it. There was nothing. All of a sudden I knew. I knew what went on there. And all of a sudden the Spirit of God said, no, you don't belong in there. You know, what is that? It's sanctification. That's the work of the Spirit of God. So here you have, you have the Spirit of God uh, who, who, uh, who is working in the heart of the believer. And here we have uh, the first Peter. It's written to the saved. It's written to the sanctified. It is written to the secure. You and I don't have to work to keep our salvation. 
We are kept by the power of God, verse number five. What a blessing it is. Uh, Our salvation is not dependent on how good we are. If we have a bad day, that doesn't mean that God kicks us to the curb. He doesn't uh, write out uh, a a, a bill of uh, of, uh, to where he excommunicates us. He doesn't uh, doesn't, uh, tear up the adoption papers. Uh, We are his. Uh, There is an inheritance uh, that he has given to us and it's reserved in heaven for us. So these people that this was written to, these were uh, the saved. Uh, And you know what? The sanctified, the secure. And you know what? You and I are so blessed. We're so blessed. If all we had was salvation, and how do you say that's all we have? I mean, it's hard to even it's it's hard to even use that as a as a term as an analysis because salvation is everything. It's everything, and then having the Spirit of God indwell you as a believer, the comfort Jesus said. He said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again, receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. But he also said, if I go not away, he said, the comforter will not come. But he said, if I go away, I will send unto you a comforter. Who is that comforter? The Holy Spirit. No matter what turmoil this world has going on, the Spirit of God indwells the believer. And we're not only saved, He does a work in us called sanctification, making us like Himself. But then He goes on and He makes us secure. We can't lose it. What a blessing! And these here are the believers, the people of God. The believers are the who of 1 Peter. And in his book of uh, sermons, there's a pastor uh, that wrote, uh, and he told the story of a missionary by the name of Thomas Hearn. Uh, In his journey uh, to the mouth of the Coppermine River, uh, the Indians stole a bunch of their supplies. And in this missionary's journey and in his journal, as he's writing this, uh, his response was uh, not the same as as my response would have been. Uh, The Indians stole most of their supplies, and his, uh, his comment on this misfortune was, the weight of our baggage being so much lightened, our next day journey was more swift and pleasant. Now, I don't know about you, but if I was the one that had these supplies and all of a sudden they were stolen and I had a a journey that I was going on, uh, I would not be that positive about it. But his response was that way because he he wasn't just digging in. He wasn't just trying to hold on to the end. He wasn't looking at those supplies as his sustenance. He was on a journey to get somewhere. You know what? You and I are on a journey. This world is not our home. We're just a passing through. And if, and if this world is our, uh, where we're staying and this is where our focus is at, no wonder we have a problem with stewardship because I've got to make sure that there's enough for me and mine. But if I'm just on a journey, I don't want these things to slow me down. 
I don't want the things of this world to weigh me down to where I can't get to where God wants me to go. And, and here, uh, we, we want to make sure that uh, we recognize that we are supposed to be that steward. So let's go back to our text, 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse number 7. 1 Peter 4, 7, the Bible says, But the end of all things is at hand. Be therefore sober, watch unto prayer. And above all things, have fervent charity among yourselves. For charity shall cover the multitude of sins. Use hospitality one uh, to one another without grudging. As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another. As good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If any man speak, let him speak as the oracle of God. If any man minister, let him do it as the ability which God giveth, that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So let's walk through these verses here. In verse number seven, he said, he said, be ye sober. Who is that? Who is that be ye sober? You. You know, in English, there is an understood you. Sometimes a sentence is laid out, and there is no, no, no uh, is it uh, object? Uh, and so uh, there would not be that object, and it's an understood you. And so in these passages of Scripture, I want you to talk with me. So be so sober, who? You, all right, just you, all right? Uh, and watch under prayer, who? You. Uh, have fervent charity. Who? You. Use hospitality in verse number nine. Who? You. Uh, verse number 10. Minister the same gift. Who? You. Uh, and as good stewards of the grace of God. Who? You. Uh, if any, verse number 11. If any man speak, who would that be? You. All right. If any man minister, who? You. Let's stay with class, all right? Uh, so, uh, otherwise, we're going to have to start all the way back over, all right? And you don't want me to go back over my English lessons here, all right? If any man serve, who? You. If any man represent Jesus, who? You. You know what? It is just by the grace of God that you and I have the, be the ability to be a steward of the grace of God. It is just because of how good God has been to us. But you and I are expected to be good stewards, and we're to be a good steward of the grace of God. Now, grace, what is grace? Grace is, it, it is the, the unmerited favor of God towards man. It is God giving us what we do not deserve. God's, we are to be a steward of God's grace. So what has God given us? God has given us health. God has given us strength. God has given us uh, opportunities. God has given us life. God has given us breath. God has given us talents. God has given us time. God has given us treasure. God is saying, listen, I want you to be a good steward of the grace of God. All of the things that I have given to you and that you have received, he said, I, I expect you to be a good steward of that. I want you to be a good steward of the grace of God. And so it's only by the grace of God that we can do anything but by his grace we can do all things 
Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Uh, what is that? There's the ability to accomplish great things. Uh, John 15.5, the Lord said, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. You see, God has given us so much and we are able to do something for him because of his grace, because of his blessings. You see, uh, we've been, we have been blessed by God. His grace has given us salvation. Ephesians 2, 8, 9, for by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Uh, God has, through his grace, given us so much. His grace, his spirit, uh, his working in our lives. And I'm a vessel, you are a vessel to reveal his grace to the people. You know, the, the world should see what God does in you. The world should not see what you and I do in us. I wonder how often we take, we take the praise for what God has given us. It's almost as if, well, I've got these talents and look what I have done. Anything that we have done good because of God. It's been because of his grace, his goodness to us. You know what? God is gracious to the lost as well. He said, well, pastor, uh, I had all these things before I ever got saved. Uh, that does not mean that God is not a gracious God. God didn't become gracious just when you got saved. It rains on the just and the unjust, the Bible says. The principles, sowing and reaping, they are principles that are biblical principles. They work for everybody, not just for the saved. And his grace, uh, it has given us so much. And, and with that, uh, we are to be a vessel that brings honor to the Lord. Why? Because we are a steward for him. You see, stewardship is not just about what we do. Stewardship is about who we are. Because if I recognize that I am a steward for God, now all of a sudden, it's not just I'm stewarding my things. I am stewarding God's things. I am stewarding God's vessel, my life. Everything is his. I think about Revelations 4.11. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. You know, God made us as a vessel. And as a vessel, we are to be a steward of his good, good graciousness, his grace uh, to us. Romans chapter 12 and verse number one, the Bible says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. They may prove what is that good and acceptable will of God. For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think 
soberly according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we being many are one body in Christ, and every one members of one uh, one of another, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given unto us, whether prophecy let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith, or ministry let us wait on our ministering, or he that teacheth teacheth on teaching, or he that exhorteth on exhortation, he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity, he that ruleth with diligence, he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. And here, what do we find? God is giving us a list uh, of things, but he's, he's, he's showing us that we belong to him. Our bodies, we are to be giving what God has given to us, what he has entrusted to us. We are to give it back to him. So in 1 Peter 4.10, he said, as every man hath received the gift. Now, what is that gift? It's not the gift of salvation that he's talking about here. He's talking about the gift that God has given to you and to me. uh, And that gift that he has given to us is a spiritual gift. And then in Romans chapter 12 and in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, he, he identifies these spiritual gifts. And as he has given those gifts to us, we are to be a good steward of that gift. Why? Because of God's graciousness, God's uh, mercy, uh, he has given us uh, these gifts. And we're not going to read uh, all of these verses, but 1 Corinthians chapter 6 uh, and verse number 19, he said, What know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and you're not your own, for you're bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So when we talk about the who of 1 Peter, uh, the who is you, the who is me. Who is supposed to be a good steward of the grace of God? You and I. We are all to be that steward. Now, the stewardship is a lofty position. You know, the stewards in the Bible, oftentimes those stewards were very, they were very blessed. A good steward had a good reward. Matter of fact, and we'll address it tonight, but when you think about Abraham's steward, Abraham's steward was going to receive everything. He was going to be the one that inherited. When you think about Joseph, Joseph was a steward for Potiphar. Joseph ended up being a steward for Pharaoh. Joseph wasn't out plowing fields. Joseph was not living in, in, the, uh, in a shack and he didn't have a tent over his head. You see, a good steward was blessed because they recognized the value of a good steward. And because the steward was a good steward, he managed things well for the master, for the owner. And the owner wanted to make sure that he didn't lose the steward because he wanted to make sure that he was, he was where uh, he wanted to be. And he would give him many things. And the steward was a blessed position. It was not a pauper position. You know what? You and I... 
when we say that we are a steward for God, we're not saying we're slaves, though we ought to be willing to be. We are not saying that we are a lowly servant that would wash the feet, though our Savior washed his disciples' feet. Stewardship was a a great responsibility. It was a position of of power. It was a position uh, where where there was uh, these individuals, they had power, they had prestige, they, they had the position to be able to affect change. They had the ability to make things happen. Uh, why? Because they were good stewards. And when it comes to stewardship, you and I have been blessed in so many ways. We should use our stewardship for the Lord. And you know what we'll find? God will keep blessing good stewardship. Dr. Russell Anderson, I've told you about him before, but multimillionaire. And I've, I've sat at uh, restaurants with him on many occasions. We've had lunch together, uh, fellowship. And, and Brother Russell Anderson, uh, he's, he's in his 70s, uh, but he was, a, he was a drywall contractor. And he was uh, doing drywall, and the economy was doing well, and he was doing well. Well, the economy tanked, and what happened was the, uh, and this was back in the 50s, uh, the the companies that he had already bought all this drywall, putting them up in houses and uh, complexes, well, they went out of business and then they didn't pay him, so then he ended up going out of business and, and he honored every debt that he had. He, he filed chapter 13. He went back to work just hanging rock. He was a big builder at that point. Went back to hanging rock. He paid off every one of his debts and was faithful in his giving. And God took him from being a, just a laborer. He owns, he owns condos in Hawaii. I'm not talking about a condo, I'm talking about condo complexes. He's, he's got a Ferrari. He's got a Lambo. But with that, millions go back into the work of God. He said, yeah, I have these cars. He says, I've never driven them. They sit in a garage. He said, one day somebody's going to get them. He said, but I came by some good deals, so I bought them, but I've never even driven them. If you looked at Russell Anderson, you would never know that he had any money. He was just as down home as could be. But the amount of churches he started the amount of people that he facilitated, Bible colleges, the amount of things that he had accomplished and given to the work of the Lord. He said, I went from giving 10% and living on 90 to giving 90% and living on 10. You know, You say, well, that's just not possible. It's not possible maybe where we're at right now. But I wonder what we, what our giving is like. I wonder what kind of steward we are. Are we trying to hang on to everything that we have? Or are we trying to build for the kingdom? Are we trying to build for the master? 
Is it ours or is it his? You see, the steward managed something that belonged to somebody else. It's easy for us to want to guard what's ours. But it's not ours. It's God's. Brother Jordan, do you have the keys to your truck? How about your, how about your watch? You don't have that either? Let me see your watch, brother. <laughs> Let's see here. This is an Apple watch. All right. How many of you would like an Apple watch? David, come here. Yeah, yeah, this is definitely a step up then. All right. And so, so, yeah, yours doesn't work. Okay, so we got an Apple Watch. You know what? That was so easy. And you know what? It was sort of enjoyable. <laughs> it wasn't enjoyable for Brother Jordan, but uh, no, let's go ahead and bring that back. We'll give it to him. Uh, but the reality is, you know, if it's not ours, <laughs> he's going to give him the Android. Uh, but, uh, you know, if it's, if it's not ours, it's easy to give away. You know why it's so hard for us to part with our substance? Because it's ours. You say, oh, no, pastor, I understand. I'm a steward. How's your giving? How's your giving? How's your giving to somebody that will never give back to you? How's our giving to the work of God? How's our giving to people that the Lord brings across our path that are in need and we recognize that they have a need and I have an ability to do something about it? You know, we, we, get, we start making excuses of why we won't give, but the, the excuses aren't based on the, the, the validity of the gift. The excuse is, I don't want to part with it because it's mine. And the what of stewardship is not possible until we dial in the who of stewardship. Is it mine or is it God's? Is your house yours or is your house God's? Is your car yours or is your car God's? Is your, is your possessions yours or are they God's? You see, when we, when we realize that what I have, I'm just a steward of, I'm going to use it for God's glory. So how do I use his possessions for his glory when I only use them for myself? How does God get glory out of that? You see, you and I are to be good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Many outputs, when you have a manifold, what is it? There, it, is a, it is a place where there are many ports that come out, many uh, outflows uh, that can come out. And you know what? God's grace, it is a manifold of grace. Uh, there are spigots all over the place that can come out. And you know what? If, if we are not a good steward of the manifold grace of God, we will choke down that flow. Brother Russell Anderson, he said this. He said, the reason I believe that God has blessed me is because I did not have sticky fingers. He was able to use me as a conduit, 
I didn't hang on to all that he was trying to do through me. And when you and I become a conduit, that's when we are truly becoming a steward. Because it's not about us. There was a story, an article in the uh, newspaper back in this back in '89, and there was a TV program uh, that uh, uh, something striker. Uh, but anyway, there was a it was a program, and I guess they used to blow things up and cars and whatnot. Well, there was this they were shooting this movie on this street, and they went up to the house and asked this individual if they could use their front yard, and and they it was going to tear this front yard up, and they were going to blow stuff up, and cars were going to land in this front yard, and it was going to destroy everything, but it was going to be on TV, and they said, yes, sure, you can do that. Well, the, uh, the owner of the house found out about it. You see, they were just renters. They didn't have the right to give them the permission. The guy was watching TV, and he saw his house, <laughs> and things were blowing up, and it was like, what is going on? You know, in, in our life, we really, as a steward, we don't have the permission to just decide on our own what we're going to do with our life. We are a steward for Him. He is the one that gives that instruction, that guidance, that direction. You see, the who of stewardship is you and it's me. We are the stewards. We are the one whom the Lord has entrusted with the gifts, with the blessings, with the opportunities of life. And they are to be stewarded by us and not for us. Someone wrote this poem. It's entitled Leftovers. Leftovers are such humble things. We would not serve them to a guest And yet we serve them to our Lord who deserves the very best. We give to him leftover time, stray minutes here and there. Leftover cash we give to him, such few coins as we can spare. We give our youth unto the world to hatred, lust, and strife. Then in declining years we give to him the remnant of our life. You know, let's not get to the end of our life And then decide, okay, Lord, I'll give you what's left. Let's not spend our life the way we want to live and then later get to a spot and say, okay, now, Lord, you can have the rest. Let's be a steward. Let's be a steward of the life that God has given us. Now, I can't change my past. I can't go back in years and say, well, I wish I'd have done this better and I've done this better. I can't change the past, but where am I now? The who of stewardship. Father, I pray that you'd help us this morning. Thank you for your many blessings that you've given to us. And now, Lord, as we look into our own lives, uh, Lord, as your children, uh, Lord, there, there, are, uh, there is an expectation that we would steward all that you have given to us. And Lord, you have, you have purchased us, you have bought us, you have given and supplied all that we have. And so we come before you this morning just asking that you would help us to uh, solidify in our own minds and hearts uh, the reality that we are stewards. We are to be a steward uh, of your grace 
uh, Lord, down here on this earth. And so I pray that you'd help us this morning. Uh, heads bowed, eyes closed. You say, Pastor, this morning, I am, I'm a child of God. I know it. Beyond a shadow of a doubt, I know if I died today, I'd go to heaven. He said, Pastor, that's me this morning. Are you a child of God? Are you a child of God? Just so slip your hands up. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. If you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you say, Pastor, I am unsure. I don't know if I'm saved or I know I'm not. You're concerned about it. Pastor, pray for me. Pray for me. Just slip your hand up. Let me pray for you. Let me pray for you. How about it, child of God? Stewards. Maybe the Lord put his finger on something in your life. Maybe you give. Maybe, maybe there are areas where you are a good steward, but the Lord put his finger on something in your life about this area of stewardship. You say, Pastor, the Lord spoke to me. Nobody's looking around. Just slip your hand up. Stewardship, stewardship. Let's just do business with the Lord right where we're at. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's bbc4me.org. May God bless you.